All rise. All rise. The Honorable Chief Justice and, and Associate, Associate Justices, Justices of the Supreme Court of New York, State of North Carolina. Yes, oh yes, oh yes. The Supreme Court of North All Carolina. All of has our citizens across the state depend upon us to uphold and protect both the spirit and the letter of the law, and to always apply the law fairly and impartially to every litigant who comes before this court. God save the state and this honorable court. Hello and welcome to All Things Judicial, a podcast of the North Carolina Judicial Branch. I'm Chris Mears with the Judicial Branch Communications Office. In this episode, we listen to a 2005 interview with former Supreme Court of North Carolina Associate Justice David M. Britt. Justice Britt lived a life of public service here in North Carolina. After studying law at Wake Forest University, Britt went on to serve as Speaker of the North Carolina House of Representatives, where he was instrumental in establishing the unified court system and creating the North Carolina Court of Appeals. Britt was then appointed by Governor Moore to serve as one of the Court of Appeals' original members. In 1978, Britt was elected as an Associate Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court, where he served until 1982. This interview was recorded as part of the Chief Justice's Commission on Professionalism's historical video series. The interview was conducted by former North Carolina Court of Appeals Chief Judge Sid Eagles. Judge Eagles speaks first in the interview. Judge Britt, congratulations on being selected as a recipient of the 2005 Chief Justice's Professionalism Award. Your career has been an inspiration. You've spanned over 50 years, put you in important government positions at the top of the legislative branch as Speaker of the House, and near the top of the judicial branch as one of the first six judges on the Court of Appeals and a Justice of the State Supreme Court. Uh, Just to sort of start off, when did you first think that you might succeed as a legislator and maybe as an appellate judge? I was first elected with very little opposition in 1958. And a good friend of mine uh, from Wilmington was to be Speaker of the House at that time. And I knew that he would uh, be very kind to me and try to help me all he could. And, he did. Your family was very close uh, in those days and still is uh, very close. Your youngest brother uh, is uh, Earl Britt, United States District Court Judge. Uh, was there some common trait that contributed to you both rising so high in jurisprudential circles? We were right a close, right, a right close family. My mother just, her whole life was devout, devoted to uh, making a home for a family and trying to give proper guidance to the family. We had our chores. I was milking a cow when I was eight years old. My brother, just next to me, just about a year and a half later, 
he took on his job of milking the cow in the afternoons and I'd milk her in the morning. And that went on for three or four years. But uh, we, we were just real close all the way. Yeah, recall when you first decided to undertake a career in the law? When I was a senior in high school, Professor J.L. Memory came to our high school and um, talked to the senior boys that were interested in going to college. Yeah, he was a professor at Wake Forest. Right. He he told us about the prominent alumni of the school and all of that sort of thing and bragged on the law school and so forth. And uh, I think he came as near talking me into it as anybody else did. Now, elective politics have played a big role in your life. Well, it has. Uh, you started out uh, running for recorder's court solicitor. Right. Was that right after you started practicing law or shortly after? It was. It was the first year, and I got whipped. I can imagine. <laughs> and, but two years later, I ran and was easily elected at that, that time. You've been a, an, an inspirational advisor and mentor to many young lawyers and some of us who are not so young, but we don't like to confess the lack of youth. Were there people who inspired you that were, became examples for you to, to emulate as you progressed through your career? Oh, yes. But um, <clears throat> all this flowed uh, naturally. There were several lawyers in the county that I didn't want to be anywhere near like them. But there were uh, several lawyers in the county that uh, was impressed with, and and they became my models. Now we talked a little earlier about your going to the general assembly in '58. Uh, you, you said you had a friend that, who was the speaker of the house and, and got some help there. But you had an astronomical rise. You were there less than five full terms and. We're speaker of the fifth term. How did you do that? Well, that was not unusual at the time. Uh, most of the speakers attained the position after a, a year and their, their fifth term. That was true of my predecessor and one or two of uh, others. And it was true of several that I served with. I just I got the breaks uh, during the um, during my third year, third term. Uh, I was the um, chairman of the Appropriations Committee in the House, which was the biggest job in the House other than Speaker. 67 came around. Uh, it was just a natural thing. Um, and it was a right, right funny thing. Uh, I, I walked in the Sir Walter. Uh, the hotel downtown. Sir Walter downtown Raleigh, where most of the legislators lived. It, at the day before the 65 session um, started. And of course, the speaker for 65 had already been uh, agreed upon, you might say. He had not been elected. But as I walked in the lobby, it was sort of order to, to get registered. And I was standing in line, 
a representative from Columbus County, came up to me and says, you gonna be you want to be speaker next time? Talking about six to seven, and I told him I was certainly interested. He says, "Well, you got anything to write on?" I told him I had a little book in my pocket. He said, "Well, put me down as the first person that committed himself to you." Fun. And he was a big talker, and he went on back with a bunch of fellas in there and. By the time I got through the line, I expect I had 10 or 12 uh, names on that book. And within three days, I had uh, every Democrat except one in the House uh, committed to me for six to seven. You were there in, as the literary illusion goes, in the best of times and the worst of times. You, you were there for some really far-reaching legislation and some pretty, uh, pretty unusual legislation. Speaker ban law came up on your on your watch and uh, the Intestate Succession Act was passed while you were there. You created a unified court system and then finally passed the act that set up the Court of Appeals. We didn't have a Court of Appeals before 65. It was right um, funny. In fact, Dennis, that's one of the reasons that I went to the legislature was to help in the efforts to um, have a unified court system in North Carolina. We had six little district recorder's courts in Robinson County, and only one of them had a lawyer as judge. I, I felt like that system could be improved on, and we had every county just about in the state had a different type of uh, local court set up from what anybody else had. Some counties had uh, district courts. Others had uh, nothing but JP courts, uh, inferior to the superior court. Others had what they called special courts. And it was just a hodgepodge when somebody from Robinson County go into another county and uh, was passing through and would have a wreck or get a caught. The first thing I had to do when I went up there to represent him was find out what kind of court it was, whether he was entitled to a jury trial or not. And I tried to find out something about uh, the judge. But it, it was it was a hodgepodge if ever, I've ever seen one. Right close to home, I mean close to uh, Wake County, was over here in Harnett County. The Recorder's Court of Dunn had statewide jurisdiction. <laughs> Could uh, sue somebody in Asheville and make them come to Asheville down there and defend the suit. And there was nothing you could do about it. And I, I had experience in that two or three times from, from Fairmont. It was just, that's just a sample of what, what we had. The six to one session, the, um, <clears throat> uh, committee that was studying and working on the court matter, uh, introduced a bill that would amend the Constitution subject to a vote of the people. 
amend the Constitution to create a system of, of lower courts lower than the Superior Court, but uniform. And it also had in there uh, authority for the legislature to um, create a uh, intermediate court of appeals. But before the bill came up, members of the Supreme Court uh, quietly let the leaders know that they did not think they needed a court of appeals at that time. You've been listening to All Things Judicial, a podcast from the North Carolina Judicial Branch. You can find out more about the Judicial Branch by visiting nccourts.gov.